do I build my email list if I don't use social media? Mm-hmm. And I always say, right, let's just flip this on its head. Right now, what people are trying to do is like bring people into the email list by growing their social following. But what I say is flip it around. Okay, think about how can I grow my email list? And then if you truly love being on social media, you love a Facebook group, you love Instagram, or you love your TikTok, and you love doing all that stuff, and you're like, I want to do that, but I know it's not bringing me the sales that I need. Okay, bring people into your email list, then you can bring them into and invite them to your Facebook group to follow you on your podcast, your YouTube channel, wherever, Pinterest, wherever it is that you want to nurture your audience in addition to your email list. So we want to bring them into email list first, then you can signpost them out to the other stuff. Welcome to the Audience Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Hutchison, and I'm delighted you're here. The Audience Growth Podcast exists to help you learn how to use organic marketing, that's marketing that costs nothing or very little, to grow your business. Because far too often, small business owners spend lots of money on advertising without getting the results they were expecting or hoping for. And it doesn't need to be that way. So every single week here on the podcast, we dive into strategies that will help you grow a business that's here for the long term sometimes on solo episodes and sometimes on longer guest episodes like this one. On today's episode, I am delighted to welcome Viv Guy to the podcast. Viv is a business coach who's passionate about helping service-based business owners create recurring money months without social media. Uh, Hello. And she'll help you do it all in just 20 hours a week. Viv, welcome to the podcast. How are you today? I'm great, Nikki. Thank you so much for having me on the show. You are so welcome. Thank you for joining. Now, marketing your business these days without using social media sounds almost too good to be true. I am intrigued to hear more. It's always the thing, Nikki. Everyone's always like, the first question is like, but is it really possible? Like, yeah. There's always that skepticism, isn't it? Like, can you really do this? <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, totally. You know, <laughs> tell me, how's it going for you on social media right now? You know, <laughs> yes, it definitely can. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you all about that today. Brilliant. Such a good point. But before we dive into that, can you tell us a bit about your background, how you got into business and how you've ended up running the business that you do today? Yeah, I'm going to give you this in the super fast condensed version because it's a long story now. I've been doing business for 20 years. So I started my first business at the age of 22. I had been working with a tour and theatre company and they sat down to do their business plan and they were like, we want everyone's input. And I was like that, ooh, I really want to work with young people who are like really at risk because my parents fostered and da, da, da. And they were like, oh, no, no, because they've been doing like workshops in lovely, quaint English villages and things to really nice sort of affluent communities. And I was like, let's go like really hardcore with people who like really don't want like any engagement. And I've really been neglected and let down by like the education system. I, you know, big, big topic there on the education system, separate thing, a lot of respect for teachers, but I know it's a really stressful thing. So I was like, right, well, I'm going to start my own business working with like at-risk young people because <laughs> I know these people have worked, like grown up with them. And so I started doing dance and drama based workshops in, I don't know what they're called now, but back in the day, they were like pupil referral units. So like units for young people that have been excluded from mainstream education. And these were like really challenging sort of young people. So I started doing that, got really amazing results. And the teachers were like, wow, like when they have a curriculum subject straight after your creative sessions, they're really, really engaged. So that's fundamentally how I started. 
And then like grew that business to a seven figure business over the next 12 years. And it evolved into specialist education. So we still worked with disengaged young people, but then started working for 19 to 25 year olds who had complex health needs and additional sort of learning needs. There was always this like black hole that they'd finish in like school, especially schools at 19. And then there was nothing. It was like a black hole, like adult daycare centers and things. And it was just not great. So we created this creative kind of alternative education college. So that's kind of what happened. That's like the first business. But, you know, as you know, I started off very creative and then ended up in all the bureaucracy. And I was like, that I'm a bit bored now. I make a lot of money. It's great, but I'm bored. It was always like that thrill of the building it up and everything. And then we were talking about having a family. So I said, I'm going to go creative again. No more red tape and all this crap with Ofsted. And so I said, like, if we start a family, I don't really want to do this. Don't want to work the 80 hour weeks that I was working for 12 years because I just, you know, <laughs> I lived and ate and breathed that business. But I realized at that point, I was like, oh, I don't think this is very healthy. <laughs> and yeah, by now it's not very healthy. So I was like, I'm going to go creative. I'm going to start a photography business. So decided to go off and have a baby. And then I was like, that, I'm not going to go back. I don't want to do that anymore. So that business is still amazing, still going and run by some awesome people. But yeah, for me, I decided to step aside and start a photography business, which was my first encounter of online sort of marketing because it had never been like that before. It always been very much in real life before Facebook ever existed. That's how old I am. Yes. I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm like that old now. Yeah. So I started my online business and obviously, you know, my experience said, seek out coaches and experts and da, 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 da. You know, don't just try and go it alone. Learned that lesson early on. So I reached out and everyone was like, you have to be on social media. You must, <laughs> should, and have to be on social media. The words I hate the most should, must, and have to be on social media. So I did. I hadn't ever been that person that was on social media. My sisters moved to Australia like 2011 and I kind of started a Facebook page just so we could keep in touch, which we then soon went away from that and went to WhatsApp group. But I kind of had that. I didn't really bother much with social media. So I was like, okay, I'm on social media now. So, and I hated it. I hated it from day one. (laughs) I was like, this is is just rubbish. And I really got sucked into the scroll hole, you know, where you're kind of comparing yourself, my life had changed. You know, I'd been like a leader. I'd had a big team, you know, of staff, da, da, da. And then suddenly I was a one-man like band doing something entirely new, having had a new baby, you know, so all the whole body confidence, like what the hell am I doing as a new mom? So I was just like in this whole, I guess like not the best headspace now I look back, but not realizing at the time. So it wasn't doing my mental health any good at the same time. And I dreaded it. I dreaded having to write content. So I kind of went on and persevered. And then I actually, you know, eventually grew a very successful brand photography business after dabbling in all sorts of different types of genres. And then I was like, I was working with a lot of people who were like the rebels. I just always attracted people who were like, I don't want to fit and conform. It was really, you know, obviously putting something out there into the universe. And I was like, oh, these really interesting women grow really successful businesses. But it got to, you know, a lot of people struggling with their marketing and stuff. And I was like that. And they were like, we don't really like social media. Da, da, da. And I was like, oh, there's something in here. And then I had a lot of photographers saying, how did you grow this brand photography business so quickly? Because by the time I'd actually figured it all out, you know, I grew it very quickly when I niched into brand photography. 
And so I ended up sort of falling into coaching. And that alongside the brand of photography, I was still doing both at the same time. I was like, that, oh, there's something in here. And then I started attracting coaching clients who were just like, I don't like social media. And I was still on social media, but was very much moving away from it. But I hadn't kind of made that decision that I was fully going to come off. It was kind of like that half in, half out. And I was like, oh, <laughs> dare I? And I just wasn't sure. There's always that thing, isn't there? Like, you know, and this is what so many people come to me like, but can I really? Can I fully? And uh, that's where I, I was. And then I worked with a great coach who wasn't on social media. And I was like, that. oh, yeah, I'm going to do that. And then I did eventually. I finished working with him and then I went, that's it. So that was quite a long summary. <laughs> but so interesting. So how long have you been off social media now? So I've been off social media in October. It was one year entirely off. Amazing. And presumably, this is a big assumption because we haven't discussed this, but presumably the fact that you had already grown a seven-figure business before social media kind of existed, stacked the odds in your favour. You knew what to do. Is that right or not? Well, hey, you know, this is the interesting thing that in my brain, I was like that. No, it's an online business. So this is totally different. You know, you've got to be on social media. And so everyone's just like, just post, post on Instagram, post on Facebook, da, da, da. And so, you know, my first business was really through collaborations and connections and referrals. And so I was like, that. oh, well, that's different. And I don't think I'd ever thought of it. And that's just like, I'm just going to listen to what these people say. And it was only when I sort of thought, you know, and I started saying to my husband, I just hate social media. I'm going to come off social media. And he went, well, you did grow a seven-figure business without freaking social media. And I was like, that, oh, <laughs> you're so right. And it was like, how had I not? I mean, God, this makes me sound like a total dumbass, doesn't it? But I was like, how did I not realize that? But I think you get so into this bubble of you have to market an online business in this one way, social media, that, you know, I didn't trust in my own experience and expertise because I was in this whole online world of saying social media, social media, social media. So I totally lost confidence in myself, I think, without actually realizing and that being a conscious action. There's so many things that you've said there that are so relatable to me. <laughs> that being far too close to your own business to see the wood from the trees just doing what you're told instead of actually trusting yourself and not realizing, hey, I have the experience and the skills and actually I might be the one who knows best here. <laughs> yeah. And actually I was like, what am I good at? What do all my clients say? Like, especially photography, because I was meeting people in person. I'm like, it's so great to meet you. Great connection. Da, 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 da. I was like that oh, actually people like talking to me and maybe actually, you know, <laughs> and I like talking to people. Yeah. Well, maybe there's something in here that actually real conversations, not just keyboard conversations, are really, really powerful. Totally. And that's where I was like, click, 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 things started to just, but it wasn't like an overnight, phew, like just like that. It took time and there's a mindset shift for sure because we're all so brainwashed, you know, and I'm not just saying that from a like, be off social media because you're brainwashed. It is actually, you know, the brain hacking technology. There are billion dollar Silicon Valley companies that exist to develop brain hacking technology and have us addicted to it. So this is why it takes time. You know, you think about overcoming addiction. It takes time. Food addiction, you know, haven't mastered the food addiction yet. You know, post Christmas, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but anyway, yes. So if someone's listening today and absolutely loves the sound of everything you're saying and would love to ditch social media, but still needs to sell regularly, what would you say they need to do first? 
Right. First off, my big question is, can you have a look at your sales that you have made over the last six months and actually look at where they've come from? Because everyone's like, I sell on social media. I'm like, do you really sell everything on social media? Because you're probably going to be surprised if you're marketing organically on social media, your reach, your engagement is going to be pretty pants. If you're on TikTok, it might be a little higher, but again, that's about the best place you can be at the moment. But you are probably not getting a lot of engagement on your posts. You are likely selling not directly through social media. That could be a touch point in your buyer's journey. So I really want you to get clear on what that process is. Yes, they might be in your Facebook group or on your Instagram feed, but how else are they hearing from you? You know, have you been in to do some speaking engagements? Have you been on a podcast? Have you got an email list? Do you do a blog? Blah, 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 blah. What other ways are they engaging? Because they are really probably not seeing much of you on social media. And people don't actually go on social media to particularly buy. Certainly service-based businesses, products maybe more so like on Instagram and things, but not service-based businesses. And my expertise is service-based businesses. So yes, I would first off say, look at that. Look at what your data is telling you because so often we make an assumption actually when you look at it, you go, oh yeah, actually that's quite surprising. The second thing is, yeah, I'm not saying like ditch social media overnight if that is where the majority of your sales are coming from. Look at where those sales are coming from that aren't social media based or if you say it is all social media based, okay, what else feels good to you? You know, I always say, Email is where you want it because you own your email list. It is your asset, okay? If Facebook disappears tomorrow, Instagram, TikTok, all of that stuff, you've still got an email list. You've still got an asset for your business. So you do want to have people in your email list, but you might have a podcast audience, yeah? Like this, you might have a blog following. You might have a YouTube channel, you know? Yes, there are questions about YouTube. Is it social media? Blah, blah, blah. But it's a different sort of level of social media to the likes of Facebook and Instagram, TikTok, and so on and so forth. So, you know, if you're thinking, yeah, okay, that's where I'm selling at the moment. I want you to think about like where you could shift your energy and focus because you're going to make more sales. You know, (laughs) your return on investment for selling via email versus social media is a 4,400 cent return from your email list versus just 28%, okay, on social media. And that's a staggering amount. You know, which do you choose? 28% or 4,400%? It's a no-brainer, isn't it? So focus on email, build that list up. That's where you want to be selling, okay? So start thinking about how can you get all those followers from Instagram, Facebook, TikTok into your email list. So what I would recommend is start doing a lot more promo posts that are saying like, hey, here's my freebie. Here's my workshop. Here's my thing. Whatever it is that you can get to get them into your email world. There are lots of different ways you can do that. I'm going to leave social media in two weeks. (laughs) Come join me because I'm not going to be here. And you can try that one too, which is why, because I literally said, right, I'm going in a week. That was it. Once I made that decision, I'm going in a week. (laughs) Come with me if you want to or don't. So yeah, I would definitely just say start doing a lot more promotion of how to get people into your lead magnet, your freebie, your funnel, your email list. I always say whatever you're promoting at any one time, all roads need to lead to that thing. So it sounds like you're recommending the same thing. All roads lead to the email list. Absolutely. And I would say that every time, guys, just get people on your email list because then you can sell your other stuff from your email list. You know, the other things, the other offers, the other promotions, you can signpost them to your podcast. You can signpost them to your Facebook group. And this is what I often say to people, you know, when they talk about, I think this was one of your questions that might be coming up, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Segway into, which is, you know, how do I build my email list? 
if I don't use social media. Mm-hmm. And I always say, right, let's just flip this on its head. Right now, what people are trying to do is like bring people into the email list by growing their social following. But what I say is flip it around. Okay, think about how can I grow my email list? And then if you truly love being on social media, you love a Facebook group, you love Instagram, or you love your TikTok, and you love doing all that stuff. And you're like, I want to do that but I know it's not bringing me the sales that I need. Okay, bring people into your email list. Then you can bring them into and invite them to your Facebook group to follow you on your podcast, your YouTube channel, wherever, Pinterest, wherever it is that you want to nurture your audience in addition to your email list. So we want to bring them into email list first, then you can signpost them out to the other stuff. And what are some of the cleverest lead magnets or methods that you've seen people use, or maybe one of your favorite ones that's working really well for your business just now to get signups to that list? Yeah, there are many different things you can do. I mean, quizzes are great. Everyone likes a quiz, don't they? I know Denise Duffield-Thomas just this year, she was at a launch in autumn, wasn't it? And everyone in the whole like coaching world was like, did you do Denise's quiz? You know, that's how great it was. But quizzes have been doing well for ages and PDFs, you know, and the thing is, it's got to be a quick win. I think that's the thing. So many people forget, you know, it's got to be a short, sharp, quick win. Mind you well, because it's the hook of, you know, when people are just like, oh, marketing without social media, is it possible? You know, so actually, I mean, I specify more now around collaborations because that's my big area of expertise. But, you know, there are so many ways to market without social media. So yeah, that's a great way for people to get into. Guys, if you want to get your hands on that, just head over to the website. (laughs) Fabulous. We will put the link in the show notes. So yeah, so that's a great guide there just to show people like short, medium and long-term strategies as well. I'm trying to think of some of the other things that I have seen that I really like. Do you know what? I've not seen it done as a lead magnet, but it's a really great marketing tool. It's a video ask. And I've just played around with these recently. And you could potentially have them I wonder if you could have them as an opt-in. I've not played around with that, but certainly as, you know, when people say they want more info or whatever, like, so we'll send out emails that say, like, just reply with this word if you want more info. But that can be really difficult, like, on email. It's slow back and forth. So actually recording, like, a video ask where they can, like, reply to questions and stuff on there just by clicking is really cool. And that's been a really great sort of marketing tool as well. Yeah, and you can actually build your quiz on Video Ask as well. And you can have different responses if you want. It's a lot of work, obviously. I bet. Yeah, well, gosh, yeah, it can be. Yeah, no, that's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so where do you think marketing off social media comes into its own? Are there any specific industries or businesses that you think can ditch social media more easily than others? Well, I'm a service-based business Specialist. So service-based businesses, I'm like, hands down, like get off social media. You don't need to be on there. Like, you know, we're services, we kind of talk and it's people and things. I think product-based businesses, you know, because they're very much looking at high volumes, usually to sell their products, may do better on social media. But again, we're talking like commerce, it's paid ads you know, and that's where it's at organically. Social media is not going to serve your business, like product-based, service-based. Neil Patel, earlier this year in January, his team had researched 50,000 social media posts and they put some data out there. And the social media that did well was news and I think sports. And they were the things that actually performed well. And like everything else was barely there, you know, barely showing on this graph. And so that just goes to show like organically, it's going to be hard to sell on social. So, you know, whatever your business is, 
I'm going to say get off socials, like, or if you're like I say, a product based business, potentially look at paid ads because they're often cheaper than service based business ads, according to my mate <laughs> who has been on the podcast, Sophie Griffiths. She's an ad strategist, but also talks about getting off social media organically. You know, that's her big thing. So it's not going to serve you. And certainly, even if you have an engaged audience on social media, never ever put all your eggs in one basket. I'm in a group program and the amount of people that had an, a very engaged Facebook group, and I think it was September or October, the algorithm changed again and engagement just plummeted like massively. I'm just writing an email about this right now, actually. I've just paused to, <laughs> to get on this podcast, which is talking about how we get so hung up looking at just one set of numbers, which is like our audience numbers and our engagement or likes or whatever it is on social media. And actually, we need to be looking at more of the big picture data. So actually, it doesn't matter if you've got 10,000 Instagram followers or whatever. I want you to look at how many people are actually engaging, how many people are, you know, signing up to your freebie, how many people are hop, like booking sales calls and how many sales are you ultimately making? Because you know what? You might have 10,000 people, but you might be better off having 1,000 or 100 people, you know, on an email list who are all super engaged and are going to buy from you versus 10,000 that never buy. So it's really about looking at that big picture data and not just getting hung up on like how engaged a group is in the sense of they comment, but do they ever buy? Do they ever take action? I put out an Instagram story yesterday and it got really great reach compared to usual. And it's still got about 1%. <laughs> but I'm using it as very, very, very top of funnel. It was a fun story. It wasn't even about my business, but I'm using it to strengthen the relationships that I've already got. And that's it, isn't it? That's where I was saying, bring them into your email list and then say like, if you want to nurture and strengthen relationships, sure, if you enjoy it as well. And this is the thing people forget, you know, you've got to be doing stuff that you enjoy because if you don't enjoy it, and of course, like you might say, well, I'm never going to enjoy marketing. You've got to learn to be good at it, you know, because your business kind of depends on it. But you do need to find the things that light you up more than other things. So for example, if you're like, I freaking hate Facebook, but I love Instagram, you know, I much preferred Instagram as a creative, like just visually, it was so much nicer. So think about where do you feel good and where could you nurture people if you want to do that alongside, you know, email and things. If anybody's listening and thinking, that's all very well for you, Viv. You had a seven-figure business. You perhaps had the time to build up that email list. You made that decision to switch off social media, did it within a week. I couldn't possibly do that because I'm worried it would take me six months to build up my list and I wouldn't be making any sales in that time. What would you say in response to that kind of thinking? Okay, well, first of all, I'm going to call you out and say, you know... <laughs> choose your hard. You know, where do you want to be? Where do you want to be? Because if you hate social media, if you're like, it's stuck in the life at me, I'm on this freaking content hamster wheel, which is what most people are. Okay. And you might say, oh yeah, but I just don't know. It feels like it's going to be a really hard six months to kind of do something else alongside it. Yeah. I'm not saying it's necessarily walk in the park, but like my clients come to me and they, we talk about like transitioning off social media. Some people want to stay on and maybe say, I'm going to keep it going alongside the stuff I do with you. Ah, pretty much everyone's like gone. They just go. They're like, I'm getting rid of it actually, wasting my time when I look at my data. But, you know, I get it scary because we're brainwashed. So 
what I would say is it totally can be done. Like, yes, I'm a maybe different case. I don't think I am. But, you know, I have clients who come to me with no businesses or established businesses saying, I want to get off social media. What I find is most people who are in that boat are people that will often dabble in social media. So they'll go hell for leather for a while and then be like, I hate it. And I'm burning out because there's no real deep down passion for those platforms. You know, it's hard to be consistent at things we don't like. It's hard to stay on a diet because you miss chocolate and you don't like being on a diet and eating like celery sticks, do you? And that's why it's hard to stick at those kind of really restrictive diets. And it's the same with social media. If you really don't like it, you're going to kind of dip in and dip out. So I just want you to look at what your behaviors have already been like and think about that. But it's totally possible. My clients are like my living proof of this. It's not just a Viv did it and I'm like a one-off kind of person. It works for different business models as well, as I said. So it is just about looking at it and then building a plan. Like I call it the escape plan. So build your escape plan. And I'm not saying just go hell for leather and say, right, next week you're going to go. But you can. Depends where your sales are coming from. Awesome. So you are going to be one of our speakers at the event that I'm running with ABC Adventures in Marketing in Edinburgh in February. Can you tell people a little bit about what you're going to be covering in Edinburgh next year? Yeah. So when you come to Edinburgh, because you will not want to miss this, guys, <laughs> <true>. okay? <laughs> it's going to be awesome. I may have to pack my long johns, might and I, in February in Edinburgh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> Thermal underwear, I should say. Long johns are a boy thing, aren't they? Yeah. So what am I going to be covering? Right. We are going to be talking about exactly this, how to get off social media. I want to find out. And when you come and listen to me speak, you know, it's not just me talking at you. We're going to be workshopping this, guys, because I don't believe in just sitting on your bum because it's really easy for us all to kind of drift off and start playing on our phones. So we are going to be fully engaged and talking about like what's going on for you in your marketing right now, because this workshop, this event, this talk is all around like helping you come out with an actual result and a plan so you can move forward in your business. So we're going to look at like what's going on with you now in your business and your marketing, like with social media, like what are the obstacles from stopping you maybe leaving or what's stopping you and getting in your way of making this level of sales you want to make. And then we're going to really tap into identifying what your marketing superpower is, or, you know, if you want to put it in more sort of technical terms, archetypes. And we're going to look at your marketing archetype. So there's like a a really quick quiz I'm going to get you to do just to figure it out because this is where we're going to tap into what are your natural strengths. So when I talked about this dipping in and out of social media, you know, that people tend to do or dipping in and out of certain strategies, it's because you haven't found like what is your natural talent and skill set. And that's what we want to tap into because when you do that, it's going to feel a lot easier, a lot less icky, and you're going to be consistent with your marketing actions. And this is fundamentally it. You know, you've got to bring people into this funnel, but the only way to do that is to be consistent because there's no point having like one great month and then six like months where nothing happens. Oh, so true. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to really be looking at that and then bringing you, as I say, out of that with a way to move forward in your marketing in a feel good way and looking at how you do that and put together those rituals. So it depends how much we can fit in. I will talk fast. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, bring your phones if you need to record and replay at half speed. We can do that, but I like to jam as much in as possible. We're going to talk about like what those monthly rituals are to keep those consistent sales coming in. Absolutely brilliant. This, I know, is going to come as such a relief to so many of the people who are coming along in February <laughs> just to think, whew, get me off that hamster wheel. 
and get me being more effective with my marketing in 2023. Thank you so much for sharing all your gems today, Viv. And thank you so much for coming along to Edinburgh in February as well. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing everybody there. Thank you so much for today. You've been listening to the Audience Growth Podcast with me, Nikki Hutchison, and marketing expert Viv Guy. If this has whetted your appetite and got you excited about the possibility of switching up your marketing activities for 2023, then you need to come and hear more from Viv about exactly how you can do that at our event, Adventures in Marketing in Edinburgh on the 9th of February. If you're listening to this live and act quickly, there may be a very few early bird tickets still available. Head to adventuresinmarketing.uk to find out who all of our other amazing speakers are and grab your ticket today. Thanks again, Viv. See you soon. Loved it. It was brilliant. Thank you. <laughs> I'll be back next week for a conversation with another of our Adventures in Marketing speakers, KPC. If you're a regular listener to the podcast, then you'll know that I'm a huge Active Campaign fan. We use Active Campaign for our email marketing and for our clients too. But I'm nowhere near as big a fan as Kay, who is one of the world's most experienced Active Campaign consultants and super knowledgeable when it comes to email marketing. We'll be learning more from Kay on next week's episode released on Friday at 7am. I hope to see you then. Now, before you do anything else, remember to grab your Adventures in Marketing ticket to join us in February and hear from Kay, Viv and a whole host of other experts. Have a great week and keep marketing, whether on or off social media. See you soon.